lights over my Look over here Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the Checkmate Podcast, political podcast by Tenementian Media. I'm your host, Devi. Right? Come back, come back again. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow us at Tenement Yard underscore on Twitter, Instagram, and website launch. Like the website launch now. You understand? So that's tenementyardmedia.com. And like everything that we do is on the website, right? So, yeah, please, please go and visit the website. Like, everything there is one place and it's easy accessible and you can stop in our DMs and add to it and you get, like, three hours for your answer. Like, you can go to the website and get it in seconds. Zine, it was designed for our listeners, supporters, and people who want to educate themselves about Jamaican politics and society and all those nice things, right? Now, um, this is what's happening, right? There's a again, again, abortion debate um came up is 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 alive in Jamaica, right? And we're going to discuss it. You understand? We're going to discuss um the 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 stance on abortion rights in Jamaica. And it made sense to have an advocate who is on the front line. I don't really know the difference between advocate and activist, so you know, if my rang the word, that's how it go. But yeah, um, you don't know. We're gonna have somebody who is on the front line, a pushing um abortion legislation for a good while now to come on the podcast and speak, right? And I'm pleased to introduce to everyone, um, uh, Miss Christina Neal. She is the policy and research officer at Women's Empowerment for a Change. We change, right? So Managa even get get giving the our whole bio i'm just gonna make sure that i say if you understand so christina welcome introduce yourself to the listeners yeah thank you thanks for having me um yeah so as david mentioned i'm the policy and research officer at we change i've been working with we change like in a sort of official capacity for about two and a half years now but i volunteered with them before um I don't know. I'm a graduate of UWE, um, have a degree in international relations and gender and development studies. So it's kind of natural for me to be on this path. And yeah, I could get into this conversation because honestly, I'm tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> as in, I'm tired. I'm tired of this conversation. Like, yeah, that's going to say come back again, full mm-hmm. circle. And I, I, I don't watch <sighs> You can't be tired of something that's basic human rights, but it's like exactly. they know a Jamaican politician still exactly. the powers that be. Exactly. And if you know, do nothing, like if you know, do nothing for push them, this whole conversation will end. And then in the mm-hmm. next 10 years, it'll go come up back again. That, that's literally what happened. But exactly. Let's get, into, <laughs> let's get into it. So one of the things that I always, you know, on a podcast, definitely always want to push is that when it comes to persons who work in a space, who have studied a space, academic or, as I said before, activist advocates, is that I want you to 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 explain the issue in the simplest of terms. Because understand, maybe honest, you know, let me be honest, you know this before, English and my thing, you have to give me some four-letter word, one-syllable word, if it <laughs> makes sense to me, understand? So when it comes to the, the illegality of abortion, in the simplest language that you can, can you explain how like the, the the illegality of Jamaica, the illegality of abortion in Jamaica, right? And how what is term abortion and how what is term illegal as it returns as it as it as it pertains to like the termination of a fetus, XYZ, XYZ. So can you just explain to us like in the simplest of terms, especially the ones that are outlining the um the offenses against the people act of eighteen sixty-four? Yeah. So if you can just explain to me in other Simplest of terms. All right, let's see how best I can do that. And it's actually good that you started off mentioning the act and the year, 1864. It's 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, and I think one of the most important things that people need to understand is, I guess, the historical basis of abortion and the law itself. 
um, abortions have been happening since ever, right? Since the period of enslavement, abortions have been happening. Enslaved women have been using abortion as a way of resistance, as a way of, <clears throat> sorry, as a way of not, them no one them picnic born in the same condition with them born, in a, right? And so they've mm-hmm. been using abortion as a way of doing that, um, as a way of cutting off the labor source of um, the planter class. And that's, an, and that's exactly one of the reasons why um, this abortion act would have came aboard, about sorry, in 1864, post-emancipation, um, where... Wait, so, wait, wait, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. all right. So, Malovo, you touch that? Because you don't know we are history people too. Malovo, you right. say that. So, it's a situation where abortion was a form of, um, was a, was a, was a, form, a form of, of resistance. resistance. Yeah. Right, form of resistance for, for black bodies um, during slavery. So, the act was just, so the act wasn't for protection or Christianity or exercise. It is literally just to further oppress black bodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. And like when we think about the nature of capitalism in terms of the extraction of labor for profit, you're always going to want a, a, a continuous supply of laborers all the time. Yes, yes. So this is why every time we tell people say blame capitalism. Me blame slavery, me blame colonialism, yeah. them laughing. Yeah. I said, no, you can't trace it. No, it's right there. You can't trace it. All right, so right I know you have the section 72, and let me just read it to because I want you to like explain it in the simplest terms. So, this is a section 72 of the Offenses Against the People Act says every woman being with child, and just understand that it's 1864, so there, the, the context of, and the of, of persons with reproductive um, um, systems who are not women, right, never get into consideration here. But let us just read. Every woman being with child who with intent to procure or miscarriage shall unlawfully administer to herself any poison or other noxious thing or shall unlawfully use any instrument or other means whatsoever with the like intent and whatsoever with intent to procure the miscarriage of any woman whether she be or be not with child shall unlawfully administer to her or cause to be taken by her any poison or other noxious thing or shall unlawfully use any instrument or other means whatsoever with the like intent, shall be guilty of felony and being convicted thereof, shall be liable to be imprisoned for a life with or without her labor. So these are like 50 words. Christina, wait a second. Basically, if you, and I'm glad that you mentioned um, persons with reproductive systems as people with wombs, people who can bear um, a child. But yeah, what it say is, if you as a person who is pregnant, if you do nothing for try for not bring that baby to term, to the point of labor with the baby born, you can go to prison for life with or without hard labor. And worse, if you as somebody help the next person forget that abortion or for not bring the baby to term, you too can go to prison for life with or without hard labor. That's what I must say. All right, so this is wild. Um, Ridiculous. And then section 73, same act, further states that whosoever shall unlawfully supply or procure any poison or noxious thing or any instrument or thing whatsoever, knowing that the same is intended to be unlawfully used or employed with intent to procure the miscarriage of any woman, whether she be or be not with child, shall be guilty of a misdemeanor and be convicted thereof, shall be liable to be imprisoned for a term not exceeding three years with or without labor. I want to know what this means and I want to know it different from Section 72. That's a fantastic question. So the way how I understand it, I'm going to be very honest with you. So half of the time, I really don't. I'm not for Jamaican laws or well for legalese because I feel like there are much simpler ways to say things, but they just don't. And that's really I, that, That's my motto in life. That's my motto in life. We'll that's sincerely annoying. But yeah, um, if you... If you decide, say, you are going to buy misoprostol, which is the, they'll call it the abortion pill. If you mm-hmm. are going to decide, say, you're going to buy misoprostol and give somebody, like, you are going to source all of the things them what they need 
and give them so that them can do that, then yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you're all found guilty. Yeah, you're all found guilty. Mm-hmm. So section 72 is more self-inflicted right. and then 72 is so, someone helping. Yeah, so with 72, I'd say it's both self-inflicted and say mm-hmm. a doctor or any person who does the act. And then mm-hmm. 73 is the person who gathers the instruments. Like you go find all of the something them, knowing that this person is going to do this and get them for do it. Okay, and this law is still in effect. Still, still in, in effect, effect from 1864 to, from 1864 to 2021. All right. No, um, no one get too much in head. Um, but what I really want because you have worked on the front lines of 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 doing research and and policy changing to this, I want to get into the social and economic problems that have arisen that have arisen from the like illegality and lack of access to proper abortion facilities in Jamaica. And let me tell you why we even want to touch on this. And like when you can get a a look a hint of when the podcast recorded. You understand? You never know, record live. If you think it record live, take that with in the head. No, Capri, you don't know. And we or the episode before this, we spoke to the executive director of Capri, um, Dr. Damian King, about Capri research into NHT and how NHT, which was founded for like help poor people, not really help the people that were most vulnerable in Jamaica. So if you want to see that, you can go back and listen to that pre-website, pre-website, all the links and things in the there. But yeah, Capri did a study and um, the data revealed that Jamaica taxpayers um pay out approximately US $1.4 million each year to fund the country's healthcare systems struggling with complications caused from unsafe abortions island wide. Because apparently there are over 22,000 pregnancies are aborted annually in Jamaica, according to the research done by Capri. If you are listening to this, you can go up on our website and have the link to the to to the to where you can find Capri um research on um an abortion but christina to just further speak about the social economic problems can you like give more details about things that you have gathered um while working at research and some of the problems that the like illegality of abortion has caused all right so one of the first thing to clarify though so even though it says twenty two thousand um births or well not births but 22,000 pregnancies end in abortion. The -hmm. fact is that we actually have no real accurate um, data, right? Mm -hmm. So very likely this is an underrepresentation of what, of the actual situation here in Jamaica. It's grossly under, um, underrepresented. And we can understand why if something is illegal, um, Menago show up to the doctor and say, Boy, doctor, you know, some of the other try to give myself one abortion and this, um, like nobody's That's gonna true. do that, right? Because of the mm-hmm. fear of the repercussions of doing that. Um, but in addition to Capri's study, um, one of the studies that I had the privilege of reading, it's it came out in 2018, was a study done by right here, right now, Caribbean. Um, I can actually send that to you if you want to link it in your show yeah, notes for other people to read. Right. Um, so it did a Caribbean-wide study on the status of abortion in in the Caribbean. <laughs> and it's it one of the one of the overwhelming things that you recognize is that it's always the poorest of a country that are suffering immensely from the complications of abortion, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like anybody can look at and under, kind of understand why, but just to say, we know that we have a high poverty rate, right, in the Caribbean. And we know that we, we, live in a, we live and we exist in a state that doesn't necessarily care as much or has demonstrated enough care for not just women and girls, but for other minoritized people, um, especially poor people and especially queer people. And so one of the things that happens now, like in a in a much in a very I don't know, practical sense of the word, a mother who already have five pitneys, already struggling to find a way to feed her children, gets pregnant again. And something to point out here as well is that when we're thinking about pregnancy and we're thinking about sex, we especially where women and girls are concerned we cannot we can't do that without looking at it from a patriarchal 
um, standpoint, standpoint. And what I mean by that is that we live in a society that prioritizes men. We live in a mm-hmm. society that gives men power, control, and entitlement over women and girls' bodies. So that means that when we're talking about sexual relationships between cisgendered men and cisgendered women, it means that women don't have the agency or the power to negotiate sex in those relationships. And what I mean by that is that a woman can just go tell her man, say, boy, honey, you need to put on a condom. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She can't say, boy, you know, say, me need to go on birth control pill. No, because the, one, of the, one of the fundamental things based on, um, based on research is that the man, they might either think, say, she had cheat on him, um, she not trust him, and that can also lead to gender-based violence in addition to that, right? And mm-hmm. so when we live in a society where women, girls, and other minoritized identities can't, they don't have the power or the agency to, to advocate for themselves or to make negotiations about what happens to their body, then it leads to things like unwanted pregnancies. It leads to thing, things like ill-timed pregnancies. and we already, one thing we hate, we, we live in a Christian society that hates um, women who have children out of wedlock. As much as it's very common here in Jamaica, we still have that sort of notion and mindset, but we hate that. And we especially hate it when it happens to teenage girls, right? And what's interesting about that part is that we don't look at the fact that for a lot of these teenage girls, the quote-unquote fathers of those babies are men who are... 10 15 years their senior right and so we don't look at that part we don't look at the part where young girls are being violated by men and and as a result of that are becoming pregnant and because of that no their their entire life is stopped so those are some of the social things that happen or well the social things that impact um persons who can get pregnant. Those are the social things that exist in Jamaica that we're not necessarily paying attention to. We just immediately assume that it's irresponsibility and promiscuity that causes somebody to become pregnant. And that's a lie. Because the research Mm -hmm. also says that married women um, get abortions very frequently too. Married women Mm -hmm. in their 30s, in their 40s are getting abortions. Right? Yeah. And then... Yeah. Okay, let me stop rambling. <laughs> no, I can't continue. I can't continue. Yeah, I was just saying that the problem too, you know, like when we think about poor people and wanting to get abortions, poor people don't have the money to get abortions, right? Mm-hmm. Well, already, I think about bills. We think about oh, we're gonna eat tonight. Them are think about oh, them pick me go to school tomorrow. Them don't have the money for that, and so as a result of that, them find any other means where them can get in order to, 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 to terminate that pregnancy. And mm-hmm. then when you think and then when you think about it too, you know, there are a lot of uptown rich people who know doctors who do abortions, who have mm-hmm. the money, them have one nice fifty grand or 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 sixty grand can splash on it and have them abortions. They have the access to fly out, um, fly out of the country to Miami and get them abortions and come back and be fine. But those persons are penalized. A spotlight isn't shown on those persons. It's instead shown every shown on everybody who is um from a poorer socioeconomic background. And so there's that added class element as well. Understand. And can I I know you t- you just touched on it, but can you go into the disadvantage more disadvantage that poor black persons in Jamaica have when it comes to disability. So yeah, we know the economic portion, you know, forget a party, but somebody who grew up in your ear say, um, Rusty Neal and Pepsi, you understand? And, 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 right. And, yeah, like, um, the vitamin C, mm-hmm. overdue, Gramazon. Listen. Right? <laughs> and why more exposed to them things here? But, <laughs> like... but you know, I was, I was actually talking to somebody and I was saying that uh, the fact that we know these things, it yeah. means that it exists, right? Yeah, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. It means that these things actually exist because a long time I hear about Rusty Neal and Guinness. Long yeah. time I hear about Gramazon. Long time Listen. I hear about fall down the stairs. Long yeah. time I hear about your like, belly. Like, these things exist, right? And it's yeah. And people are... 
they're being harmed, but then we mm-hmm. understand why they go, why they endure this sort of harm because they know the, they know the 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 backlash of being pregnant. They know what happens there, and so it's very easy for them just do what they need to do and not even think about the consequences of what that means. And that's why again, um, at Victoria Jubilee Hospital, them have this word called slip and slide word, <laughs> where on that. Yeah, slip and slide. So you slip and you slide and you drop, and that's why something happened to you. But what it really means is that it's a lot of people coming into that world who have very clearly had some botched abortion or very clearly had some some sort of complication that are that arose from giving themselves an abortion or from going to somebody else who is um unqualified to give somebody an abortion and so and that bleeds into the economic um disadvantages as well because now the public health sector is which is already overburdened already understaffed already Mm -hmm. without um proper equipment and necessary um facilities now a lot of that money has to go into ensuring that these people who have come into the ward with complications are now safe and are now okay now imagine if we just allowed for a space where abortion is a choice where it's something that people can consider as opposed to going to harm themselves right and then mm-hmm. again you think about the human like remove all of the remove all of the the, the economic cost and the, the social cost these are actual human beings, right? They're mm-hmm. people with hopes, with dreams, people who and want I, to do things. Let me just say, I think that 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 was the part. You see, that's the part that always get lost into the conversations. Like, I understand the social part, I understand the economic part, but it's like, you know, when people, it's like, yo, people have vision board, you know, like, poor people, people have vision board, yeah. too, like, you know, public magazine cut out, but it's in the back of your head. Poor people like, want big house on the hill too. Exactly, like poor people want to drive them care. Exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe honest with you. Know, I listen. Um, I would say you know. Um, my 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 mother had I was young, right? Very young, you know. You understand? And another for you, you understand? Kudos to her. Anybody can do it. You understand? Anybody can can put things on pause like that and anybody can have a support system for aid in that like a part of just exactly. always puzzling exactly um one of the issues as i said before the conversation of a reason and i'm young you understand me not old you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm part of the gen z gen z generation so clearly me born between 97 you understand right and, right yeah but young <laughs> right and maybe on your studio I can count on my fingers the amount of, of policymakers and government officials who have come out and say anything about abortion. I know Lisa Anna said something a couple of years back. Damian Crawford said something a couple of years back. The next one up on him. Huh? Crystal Lee people. Dayton Campbell said something a couple of years back. I know the 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 the, the I wouldn't say trailblazer because I don't think that's the word I want. The person who's pushing it. The primary person who's pushing it from a government standpoint in um parliament is um Julia Cockburn Flynn. And I know the story is that someone from her constituency um had some serious complications yeah, for abortion. And ended up dying. Yeah. And, and that that really personally affected her to push the bill. But as uh, can you get into like the history of the abortion legislation changes in parliament? Like I know I think it so there was some kind of something in the seventies. I'm not really, I'm not really too. <sighs> no worry, <laughs> we could get into yeah. it. Okay, I feel bad still. Come, I kind of know the seventies like back. I'm not mm-hmm. really know too much about abortion. Maybe I'm just before me young. That's fine. Just that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> just that's So let me ask you: Can you speak much more about the history of abortion legislation and push that up sure. in part? Mm-hmm. And honestly, if we want to talk about abortion or well, reproductive justice in general in Jamaica. You can go as far back as the 30s um, with the fight for birth control, right? Oh, but in terms of... Don't about that. that. We'll get into that another time. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, in terms of advocacy to change the legislation, you're absolutely right. This start from in 1975 with the then health minister, Kenneth McNeil, right? So he recognized that the mortality rate for... Um, mothers in Jamaica 
it high. It did high as hell, right? And having realized that and the increased complications from um, unsafe abortions, like him said, no man, we need for, you know, we need to fix up some things and put some special consideration into the abortion law. And so they sort of said, all right. So in the case of incest, in the case of statutory rape and carnal abuse, you can't have abortions, right? In 1976, the government created the Fertility Management Unit at Glen Vincent Health Center. And then in the early 1990s, they outlined the circumstances under which the termination of a pregnancy could occur. But then, unfortunately, in the mid-1990s, the services for that facility was closed down because it was severely underfunded it could not maintain the structure of the facility and it couldn't pay the staff and then the conversation kind of just stopped <laughs> and then in about 2005 2007 um around that period um when 2007 when um minister horace daly was the health minister them come back again right and they created a, an abortion policy review group so the group was supposed to do them research and then present some recommendations to the parliament on you know how they can go about amending the law how them can go about um changing it from what it was in the 1864 but you see after and they they, they have this very well thought out document right i mean them have all of these um, recommendations. And they would have also pulled from places like Barbados, um, and Barbados has had abor um, legal abortions for a couple of years now, like, no, a couple of decades now, maybe? No. Always Barbados. Always Barbados. Yeah, so Barbados and we know Guyana as well. Mm -hmm. So they would have pulled from, they would have pulled from those legislations and come up with some recommendations. Um, if I remember correctly, the, um, you have one that said up to 12 weeks. So if it's 12 weeks, you can get a safe abortion. Um, if it's more than 12 weeks, like say 24, then you need to consult a doctor and the doctor needs to get like a second opinion and one bag of something. But it was, it was a fairly decent list of recommendations. And then what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happened. And then we come to 2018 when, as you mentioned, Juliet Cuthbert Flynn, she brought it up again because of what happened in her own constituency. And then we had, in 2019, they created, it's not a joint select committee, but they created a committee to hear, um, hear different debates, different arguments on why the law should be changed. And of course, that got sidetracked and we're going going to go into it later but that of course gets sidetracked by the moral and religious arguments that keep popping up and the philosophizing of what point is life and all of them something there so we've continuously been in this this state of suspension this state of not really giving giving the issue of abortion our attention or well the attention that it deserves and so people just out here are dead and we're just no business and we don't know because again there's no capturing of that data there's no accurate documentation of what is happening so we ha we have this thing going from the 1930s and then 1975 when there's this when a bigger change was made and then after that there's just nothing and this is why I started off by saying that I'm exhausted. Like, my only just coming at the abortion advocacy thing, and I'm exhausted. And worse, I know women who are in their 70s right now who would have been a part of the first iteration of this conversation who are now still doing this. Like, understand. Uh, it's a never ending cycle. So before even continue, persons are listening, I just want to know say yo, um the equipment start eat up and the fan, the internal fan, I cool it down. So just don't talk about the audio, please, from here and forth. Just don't it's gonna calm down, but don't talk about the audio. Don't add us about the audio, we know. <laughs> it can't change. I know blame Jamaica son. Climate change, climate change. All right, blame the US. Um, Christina, one of the other things I want to get that are part of the conversations is do you see a push by by the government itself? Or 
this uh, the feminists in government come on and stop talking about them you know because every year every year whether it be national women's day or something one both political parties get other them women for a photo shoot and be like we care about women xyz xyz then put up a poster with other women usually just up in a white or them just up in a red um yeah mm, you know um but do you see a, a active push by government officials to actually like get this going like do you actually see come you know see it but you know none. more than me there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing and a lot of that comes down to the politics of politics right the you don't want to upset your base you don't want mm-hmm. to seem unfavorable to people who have um social pull social capital like the church um mm-hmm. You know, want to seem like say, you know, you're really for this thing, and so you barely see anybody. Say, like the only two people I can really recall, like in the most recent conversation, is Juliet Cuthbert Flynn and Alanda Terlong. Like those are the only two people who I've really seen participating, fully participating in the conversation. Because when I, when we change made its submission to Parliament in 2019 on this issue, um, the people them who did for that, them never did it. Like the politicians, the, the representatives, the government officials who should have been there, they're mm-hmm. not really there. Like outside of the chair, the most common or well, the, the, the prevailing face that we saw was Juliet Cuthbert Flynn and Alanda Terlong. Like those two people were the most consistent in terms of being there. And that, like, what am I supposed to think when I see that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all I can see is that you don't care about people in your country. Like the people who need these services most, you don't care about them. Like we're not seeing the care. And even now that it's back up, everybody is silent. Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I take that. And that's a part of why it, it's, it's been so exhausting. Um, understand, understand. You look at a country like Argentina that just made... Um, that just um, made abortions legal. Mm-hmm. And, abo- and Argentina has had almost the same track, work- track record that we've had in terms of abortion um, legislation and advocacy. Like it started for them in, 1970, in the 1970s. Then they had something happening in 2005. Then they had something happening in 2018 again until they're now finally made it legal. And, you know, you, one hopes that this year will be our year, but history has shown us that. We have we we'll go wait another fifteen years. Understand? Yeah, typical Jamaica. Cause this I don't say before you know. Every every listen every single political party run on a campaign that they are feminists. That eh, them cable woman every single one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know JLP has the push that um they have um have elected the most women um central government central government in central government. In Jamaica history, we know that. Yeah, since this the recent most recent election, and until God die in days, until God die in days, no matter if them gonna call her upon her phone and bring her for an interview, them gonna PMP a call Portia name every single day. Every with, day. They, and then deep deep down inside, them never touch Portia and feminism, cause them just them no them no fear fuck them no do that. But them continue to do it. But we move. So it's it's <laughs> it's always puzzling to me. You know, when them say we are for well, women, all right, <laughs> right, okay, yeah, it's not gonna work because you know, it's like the radicalism just gets smooth. I don't think radical, I mean, because we consider abortion radical, I, I literally, people, it's not, it's not radical, abortion it's not, you know. Abortion is a medical procedure, like a very, it can be a very simple medical procedure. Like exactly. It doesn't need so, all of this. It doesn't need yeah, all of the excitement. Like, uh, uh, you know what? All right. I'm going to stress me. I'm going to stop medicine. Literally. Literally stop medicine. But that's what we serve from a politician team. I listen to this. <laughs> me, David, me personally stop medicine. Um, another thing I want to get into is that you have, you worked at, um, we change um women's empowerment for for change right can you speak about the the work that you guys actually do in the movement and what it pertains and if you can list any other non-profit organizations who are pushing legislations as it regards to abortion in jamaica like what what exactly you understand so when it just started um in 2018 because i can only speak from there because that's when i was actually participating 
actually a part mm-hmm. of we change. But um, when we started there, it started with us one doing a submission to parliament. Um, two, we did an we actually did a demonstration um right couple of feet away from Garden House. Um, with our placard and our signs and with this and with that, and we we managed to get a good number of people mobilized, um, and that was great. And then that led to us doing um a Twitter campaign, an online campaign. Uh, if you check abortion stand JA right now, um, that's a hashtag that we used and bare information, right? Because what we also did was whenever we showed up at Parliament, um, even if we weren't presenting that day we tweeted out everything so for people who probably never want to watch it live we were tweeting Mm -hmm. live so that everybody who is connected with us and anybody who's interested can keep up to date with what is happening with that so that's what we've been doing and this year now we're also amping it up um we're partnering with capri to do as much um media engagements as we can because we don't want the conversation dead like that's the thing right we don't want the conversation to die out and we know that the best way to reach a lot of jamaicans is through traditional media through your newspapers through your radio shows through your television your local television um, stations so that is something that we really want to do also what we're doing is we're trying to engage a lot of people with platforms like you so we reach out to people who have platforms, who have a large reach, who can reach people who we who aren't necessarily in our demographic because we're a queer-led organization and an organization that focuses a lot of the time specifically on queer women. But mm-hmm. we're gonna reach we reach out to different people so that we can come play a podcast, we can come play a YouTube channel. We could just talk about this right now so that we can reach people so we can have the conversation going. Because when the conversation go maybe some of the MP they might realize oh wait people are talking about things all right Mm -hmm. you know maybe just maybe so that's Mm -hmm. some of what we've been doing and more recently this year um abortion jamaica which is a a voluntary group with just a cool bunch of young people and that's every woman that um i know they're they're right right um yeah so, yeah, you have that group of people who are just, them just want to see this past, them want reproductive justice, like all of we want reproductive justice, right? We don't want the state to be dictating our body and what we can do with it. Um, mm-hmm. So that group has been doing that. Um, and y'all should check them out on social media and reach out to participate and volunteer with them if you'd like. Um, any kind uh-huh. of skill you have, just do that. You can also reach out to WeChange because we also look for people to mobilize and act on this um there's also the partnership for women's health and well-being now that Mm -hmm. one isn't as well known to a lot of people but what it is it's an organization of a lot of um women who would have been doing the the abortion advocacy for years right it's women who have um feminists who have been doing work um around social and economic justice for women and so a whole group of them have banded together to try their best to get this actually um legalized so they've been doing a lot of work in terms of reaching out to to politicians in in terms of setting meetings with with influential people in the government so that they can have these conversations and try to try to push it right um so those are the three organizations that i know of who are really Mm -hmm. on the front line in terms of doing this work and Mm -hmm. yeah we need more people like like we need everybody. <laughs> like, I understand. Like we no, me no want in the next how much in years when we're talking about um yeah, abortion advocacy yeah. that it's one person that you can name out. No, more read more people read say an entire group of Jamaicans banded together collectively to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And let me just say, um um we change um abortion jamaica all the organizations that um christina mentioned it's going to be on the website along with their social media links their website like woman tell us that the website fix up for make everything easy and accessible to know it very easy and accessible to know like literally it it takes us a good two days to do it but we actually have to make information accessible to us so go on the website and all of the links to everybody blog page donation like where everything social media for follow Take a dead ear. Please take a dead ear. And you know, no excuse. Right? So 
Um, I know, Christina, that we changed, made submissions to the sexual harassment deal that's currently happening in, in Parliament. And I know last week, last week meaning the last full week in January. No, last the last the last week in January, right? Week before February start. I know um there was some things that happened because we changed made submissions, but it's like if me remember correctly, right? Cause yeah, it was a you remember correctly. Because mm-hmm. it was a very long it was a very long committee meeting and I kinda get bored halfway through. But I know it was the PMP Senator, I believe, who brought up the fact that yo did is we change recommendation in the bill. And then Senator Gale, um, he said that the 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 definition of um definition of 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 what, what's the word? There's there's a definition of a word that wasn't like it wasn't stress enough. Like you must say, it never it never it never detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it never it wasn't in detail. Like it could, it was very obscure per se. Like it could be misinterpreted. So I, th- I yeah, but listen, sexual harassment been going for a year now. A year now, we understand. Like, I'm tired, I'm tired. And then, since the sexual harassment bill, I know Senator, um, she's not a senator, no, no, she's not a senator. Um, Karinza Morrison, MP, Karinza Morrison, actually, um, she had some, 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 this, 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 yeah, she has some things to say about the fact that women in power, she, she, she can't, she, she can't phantom, she can't understand how women in power can be raped by, um, their employee basically so me know the bill hardly so feel like a good until they meet again right i said all of this because in parliament right like you could propose the bill and the simplest of things you understand mm-hmm. people would pull it up in there for mm-hmm. like literally like literally the sexual harassment bill have been going on for a good year no you understand and every every time it gets all up because of nonsense literally yep. a nonsense one if thing they might argue about one thing for the entirety of of the session last week them literally in there argue about the fact that a woman a woman boss a woman but a woman supervisor cannot be raped by her employee but i'm gonna sit down and say i don't let me ask you Mama, let me ask myself. Help me, help me, help me, help you. Literally, I saw me on YouTube. I say, help me, help you. Come in and understand. That's another conversation for another day. Like, my care about But as I said, it's tall. So for me, so I want to know when it comes to the bills being placed in Parliament, when it comes to um legislation about abortion, when it comes to like making like some kind of change in the in the because i know that acts no policies are depending on acts and acts are depending on um constitution but when it comes to changing right what's tall you know i'm gonna know, talk about the church come know them but what, 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 what really is the problem with style everything there like I, just let me know like i honestly wish that i had a concrete answer to that because i too want to know what the stalling is because in my head is simple maths, right? I know it's not that simple, but in my head it's supposed to be simple maths. You find out as a as a government representative that Wolipa people in a country are dead from unsafe abortions. And yeah, tell me say your response isn't boy, I could try fix that now. I could try make sure so them have a safe way for carry that out. Like it seemed like simple maths to me. Like mm-hmm. one plus one equal two, but that's just me. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, um, as you mentioned, the church, the church has a strong, 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 strong hold on the social and political landscape of Jamaica. A very strong hold, right? But uh, and also the church is able to mobilize a lot of people, not just people who are who can, who are baptized Christians or who are devout Christians, right? Even because we know say people outside of Jamaica, we know say enough people still believe in them God. Then we still mm-hmm. have the Bible upon them nightstand. Then we we'll still have them Psalms twenty three when them are out upon the road. So it's very easy for the church to mobilize people, right? And then something that we need to admit too is that the church has capital. Like the church has capital, and then therefore is able to reach out to media houses to um reach out to newspaper houses depend radio all the time i talk about them someday right and and they're able to 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 again 
just mobilize people to demonstrate. And more often than that, politicians don't want to go against that. I mean, we'll have a national prayer breakfast, right? Um, we're open yeah, yeah, prayer. yeah. I'm every year, we know about that. Right, we mm-hmm. open things with prayer. We, 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 we're, one of our crime plan is to pray. So what, what that says is that the, the politics and the church, they're linked, they're interconnected, and that link is extremely strong. And so if the church is against, is against legalization of abortion, politicians now go come out and say, boy, you know, say, yeah, me, I'm for legal abortion. They're not going to do that. That's not strategic for them. Um, and that's all it comes down to, right? It, for them, all it comes down to is in the next four or five years, I can be reelected. Like, that's what matters. Like, that's what it looks like to me as a concerned citizen. Like, election is the only thing that matters and winning the election mm-hmm. is the only thing that matters because if if the people actually mattered if people who are dying and who are um risking um life-threatening or well life-altering disabilities just so that them don't have a child come on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and before i tell it in before we even close, but we change. You said is a queer, queer-oriented organization, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna just be honest. Like, <laughs> me understand my privilege as I understand. We get it. I'm very much aware of it. But can you, for just like two minutes, like speak about like the the conversation when it comes to cisgender, um, heterosexual, um, women? in jamaica and then everybody outside of that identity and some of the the unique challenges that persons of that group face whether that be um queer women um transgender individuals like can you can you speak on some of the unique challenges that they that they that they face yeah sure so we already know and understand that we live in a very homophobic transphobic lesbophobic <laughs> um all kind of phobic society right and so mm-hmm. because of that because we live in our live in a country that is very heterosexist it means that we cannot fathom that people who aren't cisgendered meaning people who people who don't people whose gender identity don't match up with their sexual organs we can't fathom that those people can have children right so people who are trans men or trans masculine we cannot fathom that they might have children people who are non-binary meaning they're not they don't identify as man they don't identify as woman they too can have children and so that unique challenge now is that not only do they have the pressure of, uh, or well, the, the, the barrier of wanting to get an abortion and can't, but now they have that additional thing where accessibility in terms of health is a huge problem for people who aren't presenting as cisgendered, right? Or people who aren't presenting as a particular kind of cisgendered. So trans men, I can't even imagine um, a trans person, a trans man or a trans masculine person presenting how they would typically present to a doctor with uh, um, 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 an impregnated belly. Like, can you even imagine the violence that they that they would um, that they would they'd receive right there? Right. So that is the <clears throat> so that's the difference. Right. So while we can, of course, acknowledge that women have um women have barriers and discrimination exists for them it's doubly so for people who don't identify as woman who don't identify as cisgender but can get pregnant so they have that they have that added challenge of just not getting not being not the healthcare system not being as accessible the um, discrimination within the healthcare facilities if they actually do go there and I can send you this um, this very small research that we change had done in terms of health seeking behaviors of um, LBTQ persons and one of the things that comes out is that one a lot of queer people prefer going to private um, private practice but even within private practice there's still a lot of discrimination there 
So like it's it's a mush pit or a hodgepodge of discrimination for queer people and risking themselves, like risking violence to do that. But no said us have more than two minutes. Like, I don't know. No more you 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 definitely um um just just said a lot of things right there that I'm sure is 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 important because as I said before in, in every community you kinda persons usually the more persons who are most at disadvantage, which are usually trans black women, yep, um, are usually left out of the conversation, and they're also the poorest. Ah, all that too. So you see, because of that, it's just just definitely want to narrow in that, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got our back. We got our back. Um, coming. We got our back. We don't want our back for talk about this. But I just know we are going to have our back at some point in the future for talk about this. But <laughs> I just know when I'm a soul. Like, <laughs> expectations. I'm going to say expectations upon Jamaica legislation upon the ground. But um, yeah, thank you so much, Christina, for coming on. And before we even close out the episode, is there anything you want to say, you know, in the closing remarks to like anybody at all? Yeah, know? Moan people. Anybody who are here this, I mm-hmm. want you to get up join an organization and let's mobilize like that's the only thing we want from you you're not even have to say nothing right just join an mm-hmm. organization see how best you can help out and let's get this thing moving forward that's definitely it. definitely definitely and yeah she was definitely right about that you know mobilize and maybe honest with them, i understand the people working at government i'm understand the people some people don't want to do that you may say your mp work for you no 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 like literally never like get about it your mp works for you so you can call them you can email and be like yo where do you stand on the abortion tell me upon the phone right now is a yes or no question are you for this or are you for <laughs> not like call them and if i'm gonna tell you if you have them number tenement yard media website if you go on the website and you click landlords and then you click landlord rep the every single one of them the 63 mp member of parliament who live in jamaica you understand every single one of them, them information, them phone number, them email, listen, them social media handles, all them ECJ profile upon the website. It's one click and you call, you email, you talk, whatever service you ask them and you pressure them. You understand? Use the powers that be here. You understand? So tell me your media website with their phone. So just go there. And then I said before, if you can't do that, you don't know, open your purse, we change. You understand? They take donations, abortion, JA, they take abortions. Yep. Link a lot of people on the website. Phone. So if anywhere at all that you can aid and assist, definitely retweet. If you need to put some up on the Instagram story, because as I said before, we should not be having this conversation. Me no, we should. I'm not going to put abortion in the, in the same thing as road, because Jamaican politicians expect of a celebrable road, but it's like, you want, you want some kind of sustainable development in the country. So, yeah. And that's our episode. Thanks again, Christina, for coming so, so much. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, and we're just going to close out with, you don't know, a protege and Mortimer. And yes, guys, but before, call him the MP. Tell him. So, later. Right over my look over here. Yeah. Uh huh. Judge, I bless I with the brightest light. And I shine upon you, them blind. God, with their eyes of the truth and right. Of the truth and right, and until the day that my soul takes flight, Babylon will hear my voice. Now we're there, so for truth and right.